Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your Village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm going to talk about breaking unhealthy cycles. Now, when I first started this journey as a parent and then as a guide and a leader in this space of parent-child relationships, in the beginning, on both counts, it was about breaking one cycle in particular, the cycle of yelling, coercing, and frustration that often accompanies parenting. I wanted to learn how to connect with my kids in positive ways and have positive and respectful relationships with them all through their childhoods and beyond. Once I got that figured out and I had built the connected, peaceful family that I definitely did not have growing up, I knew I wanted to be a source of guidance, support, and inspiration for other parents who wanted to have the same for their families. That was my goal. That was the totality of my goal at that time, and I still want that for everyone. But as I've continued on this path, I realized how much more I wanted for my kids then, and therefore how much more I wanted to help parents who want to take their parenting to even higher levels as well. 
Now, don't get me wrong. A peaceful, connected family that operates on respectful communication and love is an absolutely wonderful, admirable goal. And if you achieve that, you are giving your kids an incredible gift and a foundation for life success and happiness. But today, I want to discuss 10 cycles that I'm breaking with and for my kids. And the first Two to three cycles covers this first goal of positive parenting, which is the goal of the peaceful, connected relationships based on mutual respect. The additional cycles then move us into the next levels of parenting. So if you're curious to see what a visual of these levels looks like, see it broken out, and defined more clearly in a visual format, my graphic designer extraordinaire, Ashley, posted a graphic of what this looks like on the Instagram page at Your Village Online. Oh, and by the way, Ashley is pregnant with her first child, and I don't say first as in I expect her to have more, just it is her first. Um, But I'm so excited for her and her husband. She's been with me since the very beginning, before I even launched the podcast or the website, and it's so fun to see her enter each new stage in her life. Okay, as I go through each of these, you may want to consider three things. Your own childhood experiences with these cycles— whether it was in your family or outside of your family, in society or school or whatever, where you are now with each of them and any cycles your children may be caught in. Then you can think about which of them is most important to you right now to start disentangling from for yourself and which ones you want to learn about and become more intentional in guiding your children on. And you may be in the same place. You maybe have different ones. You'll see as we go through this what I mean. So many of these cycles are subconscious. They're familial, they're societal cycles that we're not aware of until we bring them to the surface, into our awareness. So you won't be able to bite everything off all at once. Also, you'll see that this comes along with age. We'll develop this through age. You'll see that as well. But you want to choose one or two for yourself and maybe one or two to work on with your kids. Also keep in mind, you don't have to have something mastered yourself in order to help your kids with it. Actually, chances are, if you're working on it for yourself, you're already working on it with your kids. Again, you'll see what I mean as we go through these. Lastly, each of these is very deep. Some of these topics I've already covered in previous episodes, and I'll point that out. And then some of these I'm going to dig into further in uh, later episodes, and I will talk about which ones those are as well. Okay, the first cycle that I hope very few of you have had to endure, I hope none of you have, but chances are that's not the reality, that you never had to endure this as children, is the cycle of abuse. And these come in the forms of physical violence or witnessing physical violence, verbal emotional abuse, or neglect in any form. And that can mean not just physical neglect as far as not having enough food or um, or clothing or protection or housing or heat. It also can come in the form of emotional neglect. Now, I actually shared on my Instagram story just a few days ago how my very first memory is unfortunately one of trauma and abuse. I was right around two years old, and I have this memory of my mom screaming at me, red-faced. She was completely out of control. It was so scary because as a child, a young child, you don't want to see your parent that out of control. She was breaking my toys. She was so angry. So this is the type of behavior, both physical and verbal abuse, that becomes 
that became a regular part of my childhood experience. So if you two shared any experiences like this, I hope you've been able to find the time and the place and the safety and the support for healing. This is a cycle I absolutely knew I had to break. I was determined to make sure my kids felt loved, supported, and honored by me, no matter how they were behaving in any moment in time. Learning to rise above our own emotions, stepping into the role of calm and confident leader I knew my kids deserved was fundamental to me. And I had to ask myself, what does a good leader do? Problem solve, find better ways, find the answer, implement, practice, commit to the process, see what works, see what doesn't, go back to the drawing board and try again. And our kids are all different and they're going to need some different tools and techniques with each of them based on their, just their, their nature and their temperament. And this is also why when I teach the classes, I talk about a lot of different ways to do things, a lot of different tools and how to mix them up and test and practice with your kids. So that you're finding the right ones that work with your kids and with your own temperament. You need to know what works for you and what you feel good about doing, what comes a little more naturally for you. So for me, having the go-to tools of positive discipline was key to breaking this cycle. It's not uncommon for parents to go the complete opposite, to get very lenient and permissive so as not to have to engage in any conflict because conflict is so uncomfortable when you grow up with it like this. But this can cause other issues for our kids later on for not being well prepared for life. So I knew I wanted to have a well-balanced parenting. I wanted to learn how to engage in respectful communication and boundaries, which led me to the second cycle that's very common in Western culture and families. And that is that research has shown that around 95% of people in the U.S., and I'm sure other Western countries are probably not that much different, we exhibit some traits and habits of codependence. So this is an area, this is a cycle I'm going to dig into deeper in future episodes. What codependence in parenting looks like, both between parenting partners and parent to child. Oh, and some ways to start breaking those cycles. But I just want to bring some awareness to this cycle. Codependence is a dysfunctional relationship pattern where one person is more of a caretaker, also they're sometimes called the enabler, and the other person will take advantage of that. So This is a dynamic that was first attributed to those where one partner had an addiction. However, codependency is very common in most families, as I mentioned, even without addiction. So as you can see just from the explanation, parent-child relationships are actually pretty ripe for this kind of pattern to be set up if we aren't really intentional and aware of what it is and notice it when we see it so that we can work on that. Again, I want to dig into this in much more detail, what it looks like in a parent-child relationship with examples and comparisons to some more healthy interactions, what we would call an interdependent dynamic rather than a codependent dynamic or an independent dynamic. So codependent and independent are the two um, extremes, if we want to call them that. Interdependence is in the middle where we can ebb and flow and cooperate and work with others and connect with others, but without being codependent upon them or too independent. So it's also a relationship based on one person who's needy and the other who is feeling needed. So the enabler or caretaker gets a need met because they need to feel needed. The other one feels cared for and loved, so that need in them gets fed. But it's just, it's a very unhealthy dynamic. So common behaviors in this 
are people-pleasing behaviors. So the caretaker or the enabler is the people-pleaser. They're the giver. And then, of course, there's the taker. They're doing for others at the expense of the self. Their self-care and their self-needs go out the window or often go out the window or come very, very last. There's a lack of boundaries. There's a feeling responsible for other people's emotions and feelings and taking the responsibility for that. It usually comes with low self-esteem. And low self-esteem is tied to and dependent upon that connection. So they get their self-esteem is fed by feeling needed. The other person's self-esteem is fed by being cared for. So when things are going well, the self-esteem is good, it's high. When it's not, the self-esteem is low. The problem is that's not true self-esteem because self-esteem comes from an internal sense of feeling good about oneself, not from any outside source. So again, there's so much to this, so many ways it shows up in parenting and in our parenting, co-parenting um, partnership relationships and ways to break the cycle. So I'm going to get into more detail in a future episode. For now, know that if you're using and practicing positive discipline, you're setting healthy boundaries and expectations, you're following through, all with respectful communication. This is the foundation. So you're already setting up a solid framework for some healthy relationship patterns. Um, so one of the other cycles is self-doubt or low self-confidence. But also, before I get to that, because this, this codependence feeds into two areas. That's one of them, low self-doubt and self-confidence. But also ignoring emotions. So if we grew up in homes where we were, or in any situation where we were taught to just ignore our emotions, then this is another cycle that we're, we want to break, is we want to teach our children how to connect with emotions. And I see so many parents doing a lot of work around this lately, which is really amazing. They want to know, how do I teach my kids about their emotions? How do I teach my kids to connect with their emotions? How do I make sure their emotions are okay? Because they've dealt with so much of this themselves in their own lives. And so there's such great work going on around this right now. And we've talked about that a lot in other episodes. And so you, um, that's an area where you can go back and take a look at that. And of course, doing the positive discipline, um, there's a lot of tips and tools in there about how to work on this cycle of allowing kids' emotions to be valid, but to work on the behaviors that come out of the emotions. The, and I've talked so many times uh, about the emotional competence, um, the emotion skills versus the social skills. So this is this, is this um, cycle that you're breaking if you've been doing some work around that, helping your children build emotion skills, and then the social skills come on top of that. They'll have much better social skills when their emotion skills are, are good. And again, there's a lot of episodes around that that I've talked about in the past, and obviously the classes on the website as well. So I want to get to self-doubt and low self-confidence as another cycle, because I think we all know just how important self-esteem is for life success and happiness. It's a main contributing factor to this, to life satisfaction, feeling worthy of whatever, of the career that we want, the type of relationship we want, the friendships that we want. Then having the confidence to pursue that, the career path, the place we want to live, the relationship that we want to have. So this isn't necessarily a family cycle, although it could be. Um, it can follow through families. Parents can do and say things that can damage self-esteem, as I've talked about in many, many episodes as well. And also the positive discipline is the foundation for this, but there's a lot of other layers on top of that. But this is also a societal cycle, especially for our girls. Now, both boys and girls can struggle with self-esteem. 
but low self-confidence tends to affect girls more frequently and to a deeper level, with research showing that on average, a girl's self-esteem peaks at age nine, and we need to change this. So starting with taking a dive into our own self-esteem, this is a great place to start, doing that self-assessment. So can you think of how you were parented that affected your self-esteem, either positively or negatively? Think of some, if, you, if something pops in right away, I know for me a lot of things pop in right away when I think about that, but, and then think about where is your self-esteem today? Where does it stem from? Where does your sense of self-worth stem from? What types of things do you feel really good about yourself about? What kind of things do you not feel good about yourself about? What positive attributes, talents, and skills do you draw from? Is it at a healthy level most of the time? Or is this something that you would like to focus on for yourself? When it comes to supporting kids' development of self-esteem, I've done quite a few episodes on this, but um, what it is, where it comes from. So if you want to work on this for yourself or for your kids, you might want to go back and do a search. Um, I talk about how parents can guide children to build healthy self-esteem. I did a quick search. I found two episodes right off the bat. Episode number two, way back in the beginning, covered some basics. And then episode number 283, I just did a few weeks ago, also talks about self-esteem. But I know there were several more in between there somewhere. I want to do a search and take a look if this is something that you want to take a look at. Um, Of course, the most in-depth information comes from my classes, one for ages zero to five and one for five plus. It goes all the way through the adolescent years. Um, It really dives into all the do's and don'ts for fostering a healthy sense of self throughout the child development journey because it really goes along with child development where they are as they're developing into their selves. So self-esteem straddles our level one, positive parenting level, and it begins to bridge us into level two of proactive parenting. Self-esteem is basic to our children's success and happiness, as I've already said, but there are some deeper areas that when we dig into those deeper areas of self-esteem or that contribute, we can really empower ourselves, not just our kids, but ourselves. So I want to get into these next level of cycles that I'm breaking with my kids, bring awareness so you can break the ones that really resonate with you for yourself and your children right after a word from our sponsors. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T, 
P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's GetPuroAir.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look and some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads. Love where you live. Now that we're back, I'm going to get into this next level of cycles that we can work on breaking for ourselves and for our children. Now, again, if any of these are something you're currently struggling with, it doesn't mean you aren't that you are not equipped to help your child break or avoid them as well. You can still be working on them or be struggling with them, and you can still help your child with it. The great thing about kids is that they haven't amassed a lifetime. Well, not like we have, right? Their lifetime is short, so they maybe have, you know, a year or two of habits or thought patterns or behaviors, um, especially if you're catching them super early. They're not going to have amassed much at all. So we can help them either cut them off before it ever begins to start or becomes a problem, or we can help them create new, more positive patterns of behavior, of self-talk, before it gets ingrained. So once we become aware of these, we can teach our kids how to face them head on. This next cycle that I was talking about as a contributor to self-esteem is worrying about or considering what other people think of us. Now, if you have a toddler or you remember your kids as toddlers, think about them because toddlers are awesome about this. Most toddlers. There are some kids who are super sensitive and do, um, don't necessarily fall into this, but most toddlers, and yes, it has something to do with the lack of self-awareness, but even so, it's a really cool thing about toddlers. Most of them don't give a crap about what other people think. They don't care what they think about the way they dress. They don't care what they think about the way their hair looks. They don't care what people think about when they get super overly excited and joyful or sad. They just show up fully and share their feelings fully. It's pure and it's beautiful. And if we can help them hold on to some of that, it frees them up to spend their energy on their own goals and releases the energy spent on holding oneself back, holding oneself to other people's standards. Now, obviously, I mean this in the most respectful way. I mean this about showing up as ourselves and not worrying about judgment. I'm not talking about behaviors that are rooted in rudeness or selfishness. So I'm going to give a few tips in a minute just to get you started if this cycle is something you think uh, is, are thinking about is important to you and you want to work with your kids on. I'm going to mention a couple things really quickly. 
The first thing is I heard Reese Witherspoon say something that illustrates this absolutely perfectly. And she says, the sooner you figure out that other people's opinions of you are none of your business, and it literally doesn't matter what they think of you, you become free. Now, she's an incredible person, by the way. I don't know if you don't know much about her story. She started a production company, uh, much to the chagrin of most of the established entertainment industry. But she went out there and she created this most amazing production company that creates some of the most amazing, most popular films that really reach um, some much deeper levels, some of the things I'm talking about here. Most of us go through a period of life where we care a lot about what other people think. It becomes especially strong in adolescence with varying degrees of drop-off around middle age when a lot of us become tired of trying to live up to standards that are put upon us by the outside world. But this holds us back, and it will hold our kids back. And I don't want my kids to be tethered by this. Now, the cool thing is, if you've been working on breaking cycles of codependence, you're already setting up the foundation for this. These are all really built upon one another. People-pleasing is a lot about what other people think. So once we break that people-pleasing habit, this piece becomes easier. It's not fixed, but it, it does create the foundation. It makes it easier. So let's think about on a scale of 1 to 10. Where do you fall on this? So where do you fall on the people-pleasing first? A 1 is I have very strong boundaries and I can easily say no if something doesn't work for me. A 10 is I could be drowning and I'd still throw the, the ring, the tube, to someone else to save them first. Right? That's self-sabotaging, people-pleasing. For me, I'm about a 2. I don't like to disappoint people, quote-unquote disappoint people. Um, so I'll, I will say no, and I can put my needs first, but I may feel a tinge of guilt about it sometimes. And then I have to remind myself it's okay to say no and take care of myself. But even so, let's say that you're, the people-pleasing is, you're pretty good on that. But still, sometimes the outside world and the way that they think of us is something that can still affect us. Um, so if you're building this foundation with your children for positive parenting, you're setting and holding healthy boundaries, then they're learning to set healthy boundaries. They're also learning how to honor other people's boundaries when they set healthy boundaries. This is a foundational piece of this. So these types of scenarios. I know you want to stay at the park and play, but it's time to go home for dinner now, and you keep moving forward towards the goal. I can see you're feeling very strongly about playing with the cars and the town that you built out of blocks, and it's beautiful, but it's time to come for dinner. If you come now, you will still have time to play some more after dinner. I know it's hard to say goodnight at the end of the day and go to bed, but your body and mind needs to rest so it can grow. It's an important job of mom and dad's to make sure that you get enough sleep. So we, bedtime is because we love you. Now, I know this doesn't mean you won't get some meltdowns and some pushback. You absolutely will in most scenarios, especially when you first start setting these boundaries, and that's okay. You're loving, you're kind, you're firm. Their feelings are valid. Their feelings are validated. But you're moving forward with the task, with the boundary that you set. These reactions, especially in toddlerhood, are normal, but the better that you get at setting the boundary and moving forward, the better your children will get at accepting them, and you're setting up some really great foundation for your children to have really healthy relationships going forward. Now they're learning what it looks like not to waver on their needs based on someone else's reaction. Another thing we can do super early and all along is to allow our children to express themselves however they like. Now, I mean this as in 
creative play, expression in the way they dress, expression in their interests, and exploration of those. So sometimes this is hard for some parents, but try to work on your own discomfort and allow your child to express who they are. So here's some examples. So I had a son who loved to wear nail polish when he was little. And I didn't really have uh, any struggles with this, but I know some parents really, that's really uncomfortable for them, for their boy to wear nail polish. And sometimes it was like bright pink too. And I had another one, my older son, who wore a tutu type skirt from a dress up outfit over his shorts when we went to Home Depot. Now I was uncomfortable with that and I had to check myself on it. He was three and maybe four at the time. Obviously it was fine. No one even batted an eyelash. It was no big deal. I also have a picture of all three of my kids dressed up in princess dresses together. Now none of my kids like princesses. My daughter wants nothing to do with them. None of my kids want anything to do with princesses. But as soon as we start putting judgment or setting rules for how we dress, how we wear our hair, we can't wear nail polish, we can't play with that toy, um, we're teaching our children that what other people think, what strangers think, who don't even know or a thing about us, what they think, that we're teaching them that that matters. Now, outside of safety, of course, so something like shorts in the dead of winter in a cold climate is a safety thing. So something like putting leggings on underneath and then the shorts to allow that freedom of expression. Now, the other cool thing about this is that it can deflate a lot of battles. Allowing children to express themselves the way they would like will deflate a lot of battles. If your son wants to wear the fairy princess outfit to preschool, and you allow, just allow it, so long as their clothing is warm and appropriate for the season, it can deflate a battle. Children are ripe with imagination and in tune with what they like and want. So to the degree that we can honor that, we definitely should. Now, I love this topic, and it's such an important conversation to have for our kids and for becoming our best selves as well. I have several more cycles. I want to make sure I at least touch on them, but we're getting a little long here, so I'm going to run through these quicker. Okay, cycle five is victimhood versus responsibility. Victimhood is giving away our power. Responsibility is taking control, taking power, taking ownership. We can't change what we don't acknowledge. If we feel like our circumstances are due to other people and their choices and things they're putting upon us, we give all our power away. Now, this is something that can show up early for a lot of kids. It's not my fault. I didn't do that. I didn't know. So when you hear this language, it's about sitting down with kids and challenging them on that. And I don't mean challenge in that kind of way, but really bringing it to their awareness and talking about that type of thinking. I have been working with my oldest son tend, tended to fall into victimhood when he was younger. And so we had a lot of talks about this about whatever the scenario was, what responsibility did he have? What choices did he make that led to what, where he was at that moment? So these are, the types of, um, these are the types of conversations you can have around that when you hear your child saying, it's not my fault, I didn't know. You wanna really challenge them on that. To help them to see what choices they made that led to the outcome. Again, there's a lot more to a lot of these, but I'm just going to touch on these a little bit. The last cycle in level two is breaking the shame cycles, which I just dove really deeply into in the last two episodes, but this also bridges us right to level three, so I'm going to give an explanation on that in a moment, but I just want to uh, do a quick recap. of the, Those were the four cycles that we work on breaking as proactive parents. There are three more cycles 
that are under the empowered parenting level. These are where we are guiding our kids on the deepest levels of connecting with their own guidance and helping them to tune in, listen, and follow it. These cycles include standing out instead of trying to fit in. Now, adolescence is a time of life where there's a lot of trying to fit in, but it's also about the discovery of self. What do I stand for? What do I believe in? Where do I find joy? What am I good at? What do I want to do? Who do I want to be? So while you can absolutely do some work around breaking these cycles earlier, really the work on these is closer to adolescence, but the foundation is built with all the work on the other seven cycles up to that point. If your children have self-esteem and self-confidence, they can start asking who they are in ways that they're not needing or trying to fit in so much with their peers. Because what will happen is they're trying to figure out where they fit and they're trying to find that peer group that they fit with. And so they'll kind of find something that, and a lot of kids do fine and they they handle this just fine. But when kids struggle with self-esteem, they'll often try to fit into a group just to try to fit in, especially if it's the popular group or that type of thing. So Really giving our kids the self-confidence will help with that cycle where they then can come in and be like, who am I and who do I want to be? And I can be proud of this. So now you can see, probably see how shame is also a bridge here because shame work can begin at level two, being aware of our shame triggers, teaching our kids awareness around their shame triggers, but then practicing it and coming up against those bogus voices in our heads about who we really are supposed to be and getting really good at it. This empowers us and our kids to step into their authentic selves, which leads them and us to be able to break the cycle of living based on who we think we're supposed to be and being brave enough to ask the question around who am I, right in line with adolescence, right? Fits right in there. Who am I? Outside of my family, separate from my family, even separate from my friends. How am I different from this friend or that friend? What values are important to me? How do I embody those values? What do I, how do I want to live those values? How do I want to bring those to my work? Now, these may be questions you're all asking yourself. You may be asking yourself right now. So this is deep stuff for adults. Most of us spend a lot of our lives trying to figure this stuff out. Once we're already trapped in a career making good money with financial obligations, it's a lot harder to get out. So what if our kids can figure this out before they get into that trapping of adult life? What if they don't feel pressured to follow a specific path, but they're allowed to discover the right path for themselves? Now, this may give some of you pause, and I understand, but hear me out. If you empower your children, you support them in developing all the tools up to this point, They will make amazing choices. They will become amazingly adept and brilliant decision makers. I am just starting to witness this in my kids now, especially in my older son. This is an incredible transformation to watch them. The other two are just at the beginning of this. He's coming into like partway through into this. It's an incredible transformation to watch them blossom in this way. Okay, the last cycle is breaking the cycle of self-limitations. Imagine what you could have done if you didn't stop yourself out of fear, out of judgment, out of shame, out of people-pleasing. This is what I want for my kids, to go big, dream big, set big goals, and go get them. This is something we're just starting to work on now in our family. And I'm going to share a personal story about a conversation we had with our kids just the other day, but this 
episode is getting a little bit too long. So, um, so I'll put that up on the Instagram account instead. If you're interested in diving deeper, if you want to start whatever level you're at, whether it's the positive parenting, you want to work towards the positive parenting, you want to work towards the proactive parenting or the empowered parenting, these are the classes. Positive parenting are all the positive discipline classes. Um, Discipline classes by age, getting kids to listen, power struggles, whining, peaceful parenting, honesty and respect. Classes for the proactive parenting, your child's temperament, the self-esteem classes, kids in media, choosing a preschool, potty training, sleep, healthy eating, and the development classes by age. At the empowered parenting level, the classes include raising responsible kids, learning styles, and multiple intelligence theory. Really great one for helping support your kids learning in their own individual way and really supporting them as individuals. Teaching a growth mindset and mindfulness all 60 classes on the website at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.